So today is the last day of Sisters Week, <laughs> and the minister is already here with us. But I'm waiting for more people to join us online before we go on. Aditayo and I'm the current vice president of Christian Fellowship Group 
and it's our sister's week <laughs> i know we are excited so we are just rounding up with this instagram live and we have a special guests in our midst i don't know if i should call her pastor but yeah mrs toju Uluwatunibo. so she's going to be joining us soon and then she'll be teaching us about trusting god in the challenges of life i know we all have a lot of questions and these questions have been sent to her so she'll be joining us soon and we are just going to be addressing these questions basically yeah our time is fast spent so others can just join in as they come but before we go on let's just pray let's just pray let's just thank god for today's session let's thank god for today's session let's thank god as we are here to learn that we are not just hearers alone but doers of his word also that in as much as we are here we get to learn and we put these things into action you know knowledge changes our behavior knowledge changes the way we behave to things so as we gain knowledge we get better in our day-to-day -day activities so we can sing this song along with me lord your glory fills this atmosphere lord your glory fills this atmosphere as we worship as we learn you feel this atmosphere as we worship as we learn you feel this atmosphere okay so in jesus name we've prayed all right so i'll be inviting the guest minister to join us now and i encourage us to please tell our friends to join that we've started already the meeting has started and i wouldn't love the guest minister to come and we are just coming late okay so So I mean to type a name. I'm posting like that. I'm not seeing that name come out. Jeez. I'm seeing it's three people. I'm not even seeing you again.
Okay. Okay, I've seen her. Okay. But writing on the book to join in a part. Okay, I've seen her. I think it's a little. Hi. Hi. Good afternoon, ma. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Yes, fine. Beautiful. Thank you, ma. You look beautiful, Suba. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, so... Yeah, the meeting is starting now. Okay. And yes. Okay, people are joining already. Um, Let's tell others to join in that we've started. Okay, so we've already prayed. And today we are talking about trusting God in the challenges of life. And then we are going to be trashing our questions. I mean, and I trust that after this session, we are going to be able to use these things we've learned in our daily Amen. Okay, so, Ma, you can just go on by telling us what trusting God is and addressing the questions. One after the other, I'll just be calling the questions and yeah, just tell us more about trusting God. I mean, in the challenges of life, trusting God as a believer, okay. as a Christian, how you go through. Thank life. you so much. For I welcome everyone. Thank you. It's good to see everyone. Um, okay, trusting God. Um, I think generally, when things are going well, it's easier to say that. It's easier to evangelize and say, trust God. But sometimes we find ourselves in the situations ourselves, it becomes a bit tougher. It becomes trickier. Perhaps you have set a particular deadline for yourself that God might not even be involved with. You know how sometimes people say, God, in two weeks' time, I know that you're going to do this. Don't do this, then this, and all of that, you know? And sometimes God does not, quote-unquote, meet your deadline or your timeline as a case. Then it becomes a bit difficult. You lose something that is very precious to you. It becomes more challenging. But um, I like the fact that the Bible has made so much provision for, for comfort. The truth about it is that there is no scripture whatsoever that proves that everything is going to be good for us. They are always just to comfort us even in spite of challenges. So I really believe that one of the very core aspects of being a believer is how we are able to go through trials, which is why we have faith which is why we have the spirit. The fact that you are being persecuted for Christ's sake or that you are going through challenges and you're able to stand your ground is what differentiates you. One of the core things that differentiates you from an unbeliever. An unbeliever will not wait to hear from God. An unbeliever will not, you know, press in faith through the issues. An unbeliever will not look for scriptures to stand on. An unbeliever will not fast. An unbeliever will not study the word. And you know, while we are going through all these things, we feel tired or sometimes but the truth is that we are building in a capacity the fact that an, an unbeliever will you know maybe go through a call go through blood money go through an, an uncle go sleep with a minister or something and seemingly get results faster does not mean that we are behind uh, it does not mean we are behind in any way we are building capacity that they can never have except they give their lives to christ so i really think like the book of Romans 
5 teaches us that when we're going through trials and persecution, Romans 5 um, from, the, from verse 3, 4, 5, verses 3, 4, 5, it says it should breath the hope of salvation in us. It should breath the hope of salvation in us. That salvation is not just eternal Christ. Salvation means progress. It means success. So when we are going through persecution, it should, it should, we should be joyful because we know that through that persecution, God is going to bring hope in us. He's going to bring comfort to us. He's going to bring um, a greater glory through us. He's going to bring progress and success. So I think it's something that, even though it might be hard and challenging, the rewards of trusting God are always, um, always outweigh the results of you know, going the other way. Even though we might seemingly have results when we go the other way on time, and God we might take time, but the results from Christ always outweigh when we don't trust him. Thank you so much, Ma. So one key thing to note is that the reward of trusting God always outweighs when you go the other way. So, yeah. We are going to be starting with the questions that the beautiful Joel sent. And we are going to be addressing them properly now. Mm -hmm. Ma, can we go on? Yes, please. Okay. So the first question is, I have been hearing about infertility in marriage. Not that couples have issues, but they aren't giving birth. So what's the probability that I wouldn't fall into that category? So you've been hearing of people going into marriage and they have infertility issue, not because mm -hmm. they have any problem with their reproductive organs. Mm -hmm. Why are you laughing? I know a doctor. See this baby. Hey, God. So what's the probability that they wouldn't fall into that category when they get married. Okay. Um, I usually like to start from worst case scenario and then build it up. So please just stay with me, right? Don't think I'm being harsh or anything. So number one, um, you can't say for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, on your own without medical tests or a word from God or whatever. You can't say for sure, for sure, for sure right now that you will not be one of those people. I can't promise you that looking at things naturally. I can't promise you that. Um, there are people who have been giving birth before, maybe out of wedlock, maybe they got raped or slept with their boyfriend and they had children and then they get born again, even marry a pastor and then they can't have any children, right? So not even about what they did right or what they did wrong or anything. They're, so they're, I can't guarantee that there's no probability that it's, you will not be there. But that's what we're talking about, God. The Bible says that all things work together for our good. All things means all. All things means whether I have a child, whether I don't have a child, whether I have a child who has Down syndrome, whether I get married and I'm barren, whether I get married and I have multiple miscarriages before um, I eventually have my children, all things work together for my good. I'm never disadvantaged. And a very big trap that the enemy tries to pull believers into is that when things are not working out, we begin to feel that God doesn't love us. We begin to compare ourselves to other people. And like, if God is doing it for them, why can't God do it for me? I have been faithful. I have served. So had Abraham and Sarah. And yet 100 before they have a child. So it's not about whether you've been good or bad, right? It doesn't change God's love for you. And it doesn't change the fact that all things still work together for your good. 
So many good things were still happening for Abraham. If you read through the book of Genesis, God blessed him with everything in gold and silver, everything good. He had men servants, women servants. He had everything. The lushest of lands, kings were afraid of him. So don't always look at that side. So that's the first thing. There's no probability, but everything still works together for your good. Number two, just the same way you are hearing of infertility, please channel your hearing to also hear about people that are giving birth easily. Channel your ears to also look for stories of people who had pregnancy throughout and didn't throw up one day, who didn't have back pain one day, who had twins when doctors told them that they would never have children. Because the Bible says in Romans 10 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that second hearing, we always need a second hearing. Even if the world is telling you negative things, you need to intentionally now look for stories because the world will automatically give you bad stories. Whether you ask for it or not, like my husband always says, bad news is good news. It's usually bad news that you see on the headlines. That is what will make people stop and back. They will not be writing good, good news all the time. People will not really be ginger. They want Insta blog kind of gist, you know, Linda Ikedi kind of gist. That's the one that will break the record. So you need to intentionally go and look for the good gist. You get what I'm trying to say? Look for those. Then third of all, now begin to confess your life. I am fertile. I have no delays in childbirth. My husband is understanding. Our reproductive organs are secure and all of that. You begin to confess the word of God. Yes, they might just confess, believe the best of the word of God. And I know as a doctor, you know that there are hormonal tests you can take um, even before you get married to check your hormone levels and know if you are fertile or not and everything. And then finally, some things just take time. I know couples who've been married two, three years, nothing was wrong then, but it just took time. You need to learn to enjoy your marriage. You need to learn to enjoy your husband and your wife. You need to learn to enjoy your own life personally. I know it's tough for a woman when she doesn't have a child. I've been there. And um, when it's tough for a woman not to have a child, it's feels somehow. But the child will come. You will have to, you have to, you'll be looking for grandma's house to take them because they are disturbing you. So just enjoy the process up to where you're going. Some things just take time. Listen, another deep thing I want to say before I end this, and this is not really the forum for that. You need to understand that when you get married, you're not married because of children. You're not married because your husband um, is going to buy you 10 cars. You are not married because you love the way he takes care of you. You are married because you love him or he loves you. And that's a decision. And that love does not have if. Just the way God loves us. It's not supposed to have if. Yes, it's good to marry a man that is sensitive, that is caring and all of that. But that love does not have if. Because if that if should go, that marriage is going to start sinking. So you need to remove every if of loving in your mind. But I'm not going to that. But that's what I have to say about that question. All right. Thank you so much, Ma. So one number problem. one, remove probability. Secondly, all things work together for your good. Mm -hmm. Thirdly, put your ears down to positive information. Don't mm -hmm. fill your mind with negative things. Yes. And then, bad news is good news. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. All right. So thank you so much, Ma, for addressing that question. And we'll go to the second oh. question. Uh, I wanted to be recording this. Um, can you please send me the link for the IG live when this is over? I wanted to record this on my other device, but I forgot. Oh, so please right, the IG live afterwards, please. So I can download the audio. All right, ma. Thank you. All right. So the second question says, I am AS and I met somebody that is AS also. 
Yeah. And you like that person so much. The person is a good person, and you don't want to leave the person because of that. So, what's the probability that you would get another person better if you leave that person? Because obviously, when you get married to an ES, you are expecting the child SS. Mm -hmm. That's bad. So, mm -hmm. I know this question comes up all the time, and on in one part of my mind, I feel so bad because. I know how love can be and because of AS, you now have to go your separate ways for most people. So it's very painful and I get it. Um, whew. First of all, it's good to find out these things early. So when you start your friendship or your courtship, it's good to ask these questions early so that you're not too invested in the relationship. Because most times, some people, it's one year after. For those people who have sex, I know they are not here in Jesus' name. Amen. It's after they've had sex. They now realize that they are AS. And especially for women, when we've had sex, it's tough for us to leave a guy, especially a good guy, because we feel, oh my God, he has a special part of me. We've shared something very special, right? So it's difficult. So it's, number one thing is to ask these questions early. Please don't ask it like an interview, an exam, or is a do or die affair. Hey, are you AS? Ah, please get it behind me. Not that kind <laughs> of thing. But get to know the person early before you commit on that level, because it's more painful when you are far on into the relationship to fast start running now. Second thing is when you say he's a good guy, there are so many good guys on the streets. I didn't get married to just any good guy. So do you really mean he's born again, good, purpose fulfilling, good, he's aligned with your own, where you're going in life, you can see him as the father of your children, helping you in your business and fulfilling life. Or is it just a good guy? Because you don't just need just a good guy, right? So you need to find that. And um, I want to encourage you. I usually like the story about my friend. She was courting this guy after many years of being single. So many years of being single. And then she starts courting this guy, good guy. And they had done introduction. And then this guy is traveling interstate. And he has an accident and he dies. My wow. friend devastated. She's devastated. It's like, told you, can I find any guy again like this? But please remember what I said the first time. All things work together for our good. God is mindful of us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 as well, that not height, not depths, not angels, not demons, not life, not death, not AS, not barrenness, nothing can separate us from the love of God. He's there with you. Hebrews makes us know that we do not have a high priest who is unaware of our infirmities. See, when you are pained about AS, God is pained about it too. He feels your pain, but in the midst of it, he's telling you, I still got you. I'm still going to make all things work together for your good. A couple of years down the line, she starts working at a bank. One thing leads to another. She starts scoping her operations manager. The operations manager starts scoping her. Young, fine guy, tall, dark, handsome. Everything that my friend likes. They are married today. They have two children. She can't make two sentences without talking about her husband. In my mind, I'm like, now, wow, there was a time it was the other guy. But of course, I'm not going to bring that up with her. She's happy. So you can and you will find love again. So don't, um, don't hold on to it. Of course, the last part is if you really, really, really feel that he's the one, you're convinced beyond a shadow of doubt, talk to your parents, talk to his parents, talk to doctors as much as you can and decide what you want to do. Do you want to go ahead and have SS and deal with crisis and the emotional turmoil and everything? God can equip you for that. Or do you want to say, okay, we're going to adopt? Or what do you want to do? There needs to be a plan, even if you say you want to go ahead with it. Don't just say, God, we change our DNA. Please, 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 please. Don't just be like, you know, we'll pray about it and all. There needs to be a plan. And your parents' parents' medical needs to be aware. Wow. Wow. <laughs> the one you're smiling. 
like this is your question the way you are smiling at this question <laughs> but you really dealt with the question i mean it's even affected other parts wow okay so the issue of can god change dna or not change dna mm -hmm. yeah oh. it's good for you to follow these steps for thinking of if god should change the dna mm -hmm. or not mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes I mean, God can do it. He can. But the truth about it, most of these people that are saying, let me not say most, some of these people that are saying God should change my genotype and all, they've not yet prayed for headache. They've not yet prayed for cramps in their menses. <laughs> they are not praying for genotype, right? Do you understand? So it's possible, but um, it doesn't happen all the time. A miracle is not what we live by daily. Miracles are supposed to be a daily thing. Our faith walk are working things out, working out our salvation in fear and trembling. That's the daily process. Miracles are just intervention. So we don't live our life by miracles. We live our lives by the process and by faith. So yes, it can happen. You can pray for it, but have a plan. Have a plan. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ma. You're welcome. Just a summary. Okay. Go and find out, Ellie. Mm-hmm. Check out if he's really a good guy. And know that all things work together for your good. God is always mindful of you. Mm -hmm. God can feel what you feel. Yes, he can. And then the next thing is to make our plan. If yes. you would see the doctor. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so thank you so much, Ma. hope I'm not too fast. No, no, no. Perfect. Okay. Okay, so the third question. The third question is, I have just been thinking. I hear people leave school without finishing and they say God called them. If God calls me, I'm not going to go. I wouldn't want to answer the call. <laughs> my education. So how do I trust God that is leading me to the right place? So um, issues of people leaving for school to do ministry without finishing. Some... 200 some 300 level and mm -hmm. you're scared that what if god calls you to that way that you're not going to leave and you just beg god to that sorry sir i can't go so <laughs> how do you trust god that he's going to lead you to the right place like he's leading you to the right place okay um i get the question and it's, it's i get the quote-unquote fear that i beg go one chance let me just shout shout <laughs> it and i have my pallet at least last, last, I know Pali can land me in one office. It might not be the job I want, but I shall know I can get something. Hey, somebody say you should please understand. <laughs> right, God should understand. Abby. Okay, the different things. See, first of all, is that even if you want to finish the education, eh, you want to do master's, whatever you want to. Hi, Emmanuel, it's so good to see you. David, it's good to see you. DD, right? See, last, last, God will just do you like Jonah. If you like, travel to America and say you want to go and do PhD. You want to go and do master's. You want to become a lecturer. You want to go for doctorate. As you're about to, you know, pay your school fees for your master's, God can just drag you from that America that you went and take you to Abelkuta to go and start ministry. He's God. Wow. He can, right? Second of all, uh-oh, your screen has gone off. Hope you can still see hear me. Yes, I can. Okay, your screen has spikes. I can't see your face anymore. But I'll just keep on since you can still hear me. 
there's still people here. All right. The second thing is, the person asking me this question, I want to believe that you are born again and you are saved. So if you are born again and you are saved, that means you already have a relationship with God. You already have a talking relationship with God. So when God asks you to do something, he, he's not going to just force you into it. He might not tell you everything, but he's going to have a conversation with you about it. Come on, when he wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he went to Abraham and he had a conversation with him. Do you understand? So it's not a situation where God has spoken pack your bag, pack everything and go. Don't question God and all. No, the Bible says, come, let us reason together. So yes, you're not going to tell God, please, 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 please. My timeline is four years. No, but you have conversations with him. Father, what are you saying? What do you want me to do? He knows your affairs. Like I already said, he understands your infirmity, right? That's why he now says, come to me boldly in the, um, to obtain mercy and grace. So he knows I have a conversation with him. Third of all, we are very much aware the people that did doctorates and came back to Nigeria, wherever, some of them are cleaning that's uh, are cleaning bus, some of them are cleaning dustbin, some of them have been in Nigeria now three years, no job, some of them are now truck drivers. So there's no guarantee, please, that even when you finish your education, this life is just a pack of cards. At any time, we can fall, right? Um, so there's no guarantee that even if you finish your education, you are now going to land the kind of job that you want, right? So, and like we said before, if God is really your father and you have this conversation with him, if he's saying this thing and you keep feeling the nudging, can you have conversations with people who have also gone through this path? Talk to them. What is he saying? Um, how was this, um, the, how was the road for them? How do they make it? How are the trying times? How are they doing it now? You know, don't just stay alone because only you, you feel, oh my God, it's so big. It's so crazy. I can never do it. But I know people who have been through this path and it has worked for them. So like I always say, don't look at the stories of the bad. You know, sometimes, a lot of times you see stories of people who left and um, they did not have jobs, so they now open church. They did not have, they did not have degree, they now open church. And we know the stories of people who say, I'm a pastor and I live on church salary and I don't have any money. Um, I'm a pastor and all my children are going to public school. In fact, my children are not been able to go to for three terms those are the kind of pastors some of us know the pastor that is the same shoe he's wearing from january to december and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with them but i know that people in this generation have a problem with that but see god it's not always like that there are people in ministry young people in ministry who left school early and are doing very well and please if god is even calling you to wear one shoe from january to december see it is better than changing 200 shoes that god did not send you to buy and wear right mm. so the main thing is to abolish that fear and have that relationship where you can talk to him and know that even if you run to PhD like Jonah, God will still catch you and put you inside the belly of the fish, right? I read of the scripture, I can never get tired of it. First John, first John 4 18, perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Where there is fear, God is not present, and where God is, there is no fear. So when God comes to us, He's coming place of love it's because he's seeing the future it's because he has a great plan and it's such an honor to be a part of god's great plan so yes it still has to do with work because sometimes as believers we separate work hard work from the blessings of god we believe that we are blessed we believe it in our heart in our soul and in our spirit but somehow it doesn't compute in our head that it is hard drilling work sometimes right those two go together revelation information and hard work they all go together 
Jesus was trekking from place to place. You people did not give him Lamborghini to drive. And he was right. He was very all right. So I think that perfect love cutting out fear, knowing that you can have a conversation with him and talking to people who have been through it, knowing that that's like Jonah, he will still catch you. And knowing that even if you get to PhD, he might not still blow the way he wants to blow. So I think those things will help to address the situation. Yeah. But also, it's not... Your education is good. It's good. But if it's really God calling you, then yeah, it's good. It's fine. Then it will have to come from the place of knowing properly if it is God talking to you. Yeah. And so that means you need to have an ongoing relationship with God. If you could hear God about other things, then you can hear God about this one. It's just like relationship. People start looking for a new voice of God when relationship comes out. I want to know God's purpose for my life. I want to know God's will for me. If you've been hearing God about other things in your life, it's the same God. His voice will not change to you. So he will leave you. Yeah. So the major thing is that I think all these questions stem from the place of fear. And, mm. and our teacher for today already told us that first John 4 verse 8 says perfect love casted out fear. So I believe it's or you can confirm, but I believe it's 418. 418. 418. Mm-hmm. 418. So we having we knowing that God loves us so much would remove the place of fear and yeah. every uncertainties about life. Mm -hmm. Okay. Love is very, very key. Love is very key. God is love. Okay, so, Martha, I move to the next question. Oh, yes. All right. How would I know now I'm following God's leading for my life in my academics and every area of my life. Like, how am I sure that the things I'm doing? Is it because I'm having success in them? That's why that's God's plan for my life? Or how would I know I'm going according to God's plans for my life? Okay. I think we started talking about this. Okay, someone has a question here. Okay. If this was the Bible where Jesus came, what kind of life do you think is it? Like private, their social media address. <laughs> I think he'd had a, he'd have a good life because I don't believe that um, wealth and prosperity and materialism are the same. Wealth, prosperity, and abundance, we see scripture. God wanting us to have that. Um, it wasn't Jesus that said it, but it's in scripture. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. I wish above all things that prosperous and you know you'll be prosperous so that there we see i god blessing isaac and saying in genesis 28 genesis 26 that god blessed isaac and he continued to prosper and he and he became prosperous he continued to prosper and he became very prosperous so we see multiple scriptures deuteronomy 8 18 it is god that gives us the power to get wealth is bringing you into a land flowing with milk and honey we see in our scripture prosperity so God has no issue with prosperity. I believe what he has an issue with is being lavish, being unnecessarily lavish, being prideful, being braggadocious about it. Um, you know, just because the Bible says all things in moderation, right? So um, I think that's what he has. And when, you, when your money does not have sense, when your money does not have direction, when you can't steward the money in a way that is going to bring God... Um, um, glory at the end of the day so by all means if you're a person of uh, means and you want to buy a private jet i have no issues with it even if you're a pastor i have no issues with it as long as your money has sense and direction and you're going to steward with 
steward it. You are going for ministry. Nigerian airports are delaying your flights. You can be in airport from 7 a.m. Your flight is 10 a.m. You won't take off till the next day. So by all means, please have a private jet. You want to do a charity relief. Something has happened in Sudan. Yeah, you, you, we don't really have people we can trust within 24 hours. If you have a private jet, you can fly relief material within 24 hours. So if a private jet is necessary at that point and you have the means, by all means, I have no issues with that. So I don't know if Jesus himself would have done it. I don't know. Um, but I know that if he had the need of it, either he will get it from someone like the donkey or he will have it himself like he had a purse and treasury with Judah. I mean, Judas. Yeah, that's what I think, Emmanuel. What do you think? All right, sorry, so let's go back to your original question about how do I know I'm in the will of God? Okay, this is a very popular question, and I think I already touched on it. And it stems from that place of your daily walk with him. It sounds very cliche, but that is just honest truth. Your daily walk with God. That's something we used to think when we are growing up. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. That's just the truth. The food that we eat... Um, physically is what makes us grow in the physical the books that we read is what makes us grow in our intelligence and in our academics the bible that we read is what makes us grow in our spirit right so if we have a daily walk with god we go through our christian disciplines and when we go through our christian disciplines not as a ritual okay thanks Emmanuel. i see you agree right if you have any comment you can share as well um so those Christian disciplines, not one that we do when you say we want to fast. We'll be fasting, we'll be checking clock, checking clock, checking clock. Once it's six o'clock like this, we just down ever, down pounded, yeah, I'm down panther. I'm like, what's going on here? That's not the kind of fast that God has ordained according to the book of Isaiah. You know, so when you are fasting, for example, you must have time that you study the word and you are so that's what you are meditating. What's like, oh, that what are you talking about? Even if they tell you that the prophetic word for the year is extraordinary, um, leaps and bounds, or not land on you. It's never, you can't cheat God. So you need to meditate on it. You need to um, secure time to pray. And hence, so when you now break, you can break with whatever you want to break with. Then we can know that you are growing sincerely when you are studying your Bible. Not just you don't just study your Bible when it's when it's Sunday morning or when you are the one bringing the word next school. You don't just do that. And um, what other Christian disciplines do we have? Giving. Um, what other Christian discipline do we have? Evangelism. You know, these things, they mold our lives. They bring us closer to God. They make us more conscious of God. They make, us, they make heaven feel as if heaven is in our house. Right? So if you don't carry out these practices regularly, it will be difficult for you to hear when God is speaking. You will not know when is the Holy Spirit nudging you. That's when you start saying, I don't know if it's my mind. I don't know if it's my, my mother's voice. My, I don't know, my mind told me something told me to. Something said, mm-mm. When you go through those daily practices, so don't put yourself under pressure. That I, I like to say, don't put yourself under pressure to say, am I in the will of God? Am I in the counsel of God? No. Read your Bible, pray every day, day by day, step by step. Remember that blue band advert? Day by day, step by step, growing stronger, day by day. Just keep pursuing it. You know, the Bible says that if you walk in the, if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the way you do not fulfill the lust of the flesh is not by binding and casting the lust of the flesh. That is good. But a better way to deal with the lust of the flesh is to walk in the spirit. So as you're walking in the spirit, going in the spirit, praying, studying, meditating, meeting with fellow believers, worshipping, once you are on that path, once you're on that path, studying, um, um, evangelizing, reading your Bible, waking up in the midnight hour to pray, as you're walking in the 
path of the spirit, the loss of the flesh cannot be on that same path. So the way to break the loss of the flesh is not to focus on the flesh. I will never do it again. 21 days breaks a habit, so they say. I will not do it again. Um, I break all my um, secular CDs. Is a lie even if you break it, you will go and download it again. So it's not walking in the spirit, being conscious of Christ, the author and the finisher of your faith. So as you walk in Christ daily, you are more conscious of him. You are more aware of him. So you will know when he's the one of you. So don't put yourself under that, that pressure of, um, God, is this your will? Is this your will? No. As you are going daily in him, you are growing in him. He knows you. You know him. Just a fluid lifestyle. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit bears witness with us that he is our father. You will have that witness in you. It might be a knowing. It might be a scripture. It might be an encounter. It might be someone else coming to meet you with a prophetic word. But God will speak to you. So don't put yourself under pressure, okay? Thanks, ma. Hey, I just want to Paul, sir. Good afternoon, sir. It's so good to see you. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Tammy from Germany. It's good to see you. Thank you for joining in. I'm so honored, Dr. K. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry, darling. You can go on. It's fine. My pastor just joined, too. So, yeah. Wow. Is this P. Ejimba? No. Who? Kenneth. Sorry. Pastor Kenneth. <laughs> Pastor Kenneth, sir, thank you so much for the honor. Thank you so much, sir. Yeah, thank you so much, everybody. Predecessor, I can see afraid. OS, my brother, thank you for joining. Thanks for joining, guys. Thank you for joining, too. Okay, so from what she said, like, I remember the Bible passage that says our steps are ordered in his word. So as yeah. a fellowship with him more, you get to know mm -hmm. God's plan for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it comes with spiritual growth. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ma. Can we proceed to the next question? Yes, please. Okay. Well, okay. If God's people die, mm. if Christians are good, die. Mm -hmm. They die suddenly, not because they have one sickness before, we just hear that they die. How mm -hmm. am I sure that God is going to keep me from falling sick or any other strange sickness? How am I sure that it's not be later in future and then I'll just hear that um, I have this, this, this disease? How am I sure that God is going to keep me from falling oh, sick? I think we've answered this question on another question. Yes. Um, so I'm going to try to be briefer about it, but just kind of do a recap, especially because of people who were not here before. But I won't spend too long on it because we've already answered this question. It's in the same category. Um, okay, let me start this time with confessing the word. God has promised you with long life, I will satisfy you and show you myself. Psalm 91. So take that in. The Bible has promised us that, that healing is the children's bread. So take that one in. Stripes and healed. Take that one in. Um, what else has Christ? Confess. The Bible says at, um, at, at 90 will be fat and flourishing. Psalm 90. Psalm 90, Psalm 92. In old age will be fat and flourishing. I'm like the cedars of Lebanon. I bring forth my fruit. I am fruitful. I multiply. So that is your reality. That is what you are conscious of. The life of God. I have the life of God in me. I have the spirit of abundance in me. Right? Um, that is your first consciousness. Right? Second of all, if for whatever reason, for whatever reason, an ailment or a sickness or whatever comes to you, 
um, you still trust God even in the midst of it. You don't now say, Jesus, this is the end. My great-grandmother died of it. I heard that Uncle Lagbaja died of it. I heard that Sisikike died of it. This is my faith. There's no cure for this thing. No, you don't. You don't go down, you don't go down that route. You keep confessing the word of God. Because I mean, Peter was locked and forgotten in prison. He was going to be killed. But prayer was being made for him consistently. Right? And then the angels came and he was released. Same thing about um, Jairus' daughter. Jairus' daughter was dead. She was dead and God brought her back to life. So there's still hope. The Bible says in the book of Job that at the scent of water, a dead stump comes back to life. A tree that has dried up and died at the scent of water. I know that the water refers to the word of God when we read the book of Ephesians. At the scent of water, that dead stump, there's hope. It begins to get wet. It begins to get water. The water begins to go to the roots. It begins to come up into the stump, into the stem, and then the tree gets life again. So even if it's the small faith you have on that sick bed, stir it up. You must stir it up. See, it's not, it's not over for the believer until God says so. It's not over until that it is over. I always say that the fight does not go to the stronger person. The yeah. fight goes goes to who is willing to stay the time because even though my opponent might be stronger if i have if i keep on going if i have tactics i keep on you know conserving my strength that is why if you want people that run marathon marathon races they don't start by picking heavy race to show up that they can run if you start picking race heavy before you get to 50 meters you'll be tired and people that have been you know conserving their energy jogging 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 they will overtake you just the same way in the spiritual realm, people that are doing prayer meetings, those nine hours prayer meetings, you notice that some, for some people, especially growing believers, they will start, nah, 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 mark, <laughs> when you reach 45 minutes, the voice will go on, they come down. You don't run a marathon like that. So please, when you are, even when you are on a sick bed, you, you, you stir up the faith. You stir up the faith. It's not over for you. You will, you will wear out the enemy. Right, because sickness is not your but finally, last last, eh? See, Jesus died though. Jesus was crucified. Though. Let me let's just stop saying this story about Jesus being crucified as just oh, that was his destiny. Jesus is a loving Jesus, he came for you and I. It was not funny. That one was worse than sickness. He was dragged, he was nailed, he was embarrassed, he was humiliated in front of his mother. So it was, don't look, just look at it like, oh, a Bible story. It was horrible. But at the end of the day, he sat at the right hand of the Father, far above all the people that crucified him and every principality and power. Glory. So that is, I'm telling you, that should be our consciousness that even if we die in this mortal body, we are going to greater glory. I mean, we've listened to testimonies, we've listened to videos of real people who have been to heaven and they legit do not want to come back. And when they come back, it's like, oh my God, how am I back to this kind of earth? So last, last, that is not your portion in Jesus' name. But if it happens, just know that you are going to greater glory. We transit as believers. We don't die eternally. We transit. just a transition. Go from here to there. It's just painful for those of us who still be alive because of face. But the person over there, if you are bowling, you are really enjoying yourself. No corona, no Nepal, no, no bad roads, no freezer spoiling, no, you know, no arm robbers and all of that. But whichever way, see, as a believer, whichever way you win, you always win. It's just a, 
It's just a privilege of grace. We always win. Amen. Amen. We always win. I mean, yeah. don't be myopic in your thinking. Okay, if I fall sick, what of if you have healing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. There is healing for the sick. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Pastor Toju talked about <laughs> Pastor. I'm not saying you should leave this Pastor. My name is Harry. <laughs> you can, or you can call me LT. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's fine. So Elsie talked about confessing the word of God, and then that's a very crucial part of our Christian life. We should confess what we want to see. You know, even in salvation, there is confession. Yeah. Confession of what you believe, and then you see it. So, yeah. and you should First know that that's the life of God. Very good. Um, Elisha's dead bones raise the dead. So there's here, there's hope for us. There's, I like, I really like that comment. So I just wanted to read that. Mm. So trust God completely, even in good and bad times. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, Ma, can we move to the next question? Yes, we can. Wow. I think that's the last question. <laughs> okay, I was going to ask, how many more questions are there? Because it was seeming like we are getting to the end. Okay. So that's the last right. question we are going to round it up with. So Ma, you can take your time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we are done, we are done now. But what we just do, if anybody has any questions they can ask or something they want to share or something you want to then that's good. All right, ma. Okay, so the last question. Sometimes I think about my academics. I feel like I'm not doing enough like I should. I'm not doing enough like other people. I think there is connection error. Okay. Ma, can you hear me? Okay, I think we're back. Yes, yeah. I can. Sometimes I think about my academics. I feel like I'm not doing enough. Like, I'm not good enough. And and when I think of what it takes to finish this course, I feel like I can't achieve it. Like, it's mm -hmm. hard. How do I trust mm -hmm. God that is going to help me pull through during my stay? And And if that's actually God's plan for my life. So this person is actually having yeah. the and she's thinking that because the time seems long and she might not be able to finish mm -hmm. it and probably that's not God's mm -hmm. plan for her life. Probably she should just change or something. So she needed um, an advice. Okay. I want to assume this person is in um, medicine, studying medicine as well. Or oh, that might be an assumption. Um, Chucky, well, yeah. when I was in school, When I was in school and I was feeling a lot, I won't even lie to you. Uh, and it's not because I wasn't smart. I went to Unilag, by the way. It wasn't because I wasn't smart. But it was because it was because I, because of the way I learned. So I learned better in, in a smaller circle. I learned better one-to-one. -one. And we know Unilag, that's almost impossible. Because you come into a class, you're 100 and something, almost 200 in a class, and people are standing outside. And all of that. And as weird as that might sound for some people, it just didn't work for me. I just can't learn at the same rate every other person is learning from. Um, I want one-on-one. -on -one. I want to write. I want to highlight. I want to do this and that. And you know, I know the one that lecturers will come. They will teach for two minutes and say, come and buy a handout. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't working. And I never stayed on campus. 
so I didn't have the privilege of all this tutorial and all of that. Hi, Titi. It's good to see you. Tamira, it's good to see you. Very great. You just jabbered me. <laughs> so I know that I was failing, not because I wasn't intelligent. Throughout secondary school, apart from math, I was, I was doing very well. Primary school, I was doing very well. So it might be the system of education in Nigeria. Because I know if I had gone to another school, I don't want to mention it. I know I would have blasted. If I went abroad, I know I would have blasted because the system will work better for me, right? So it might not be that you are studying the wrong course. In my method of um, learning you are going through is not your type, it's not suited to you. Number two, the fact that something is hard does not mean that it's not God. The fact that something is hard does not mean God is not calling you there. Like I already alluded. Yes, yeah, so I told her I like her smile, so that was the first thing I said. <laughs> So, so, like I said before, Jesus was walk, trekking from place to place. We just read those stories. Was it? Jesus was doing it so that we would hear the gospel. Trekking from Shomolu to PGC, moving mountains, literal mountains. The mountain was not like an ant, literal mountain. Jesus was climbing without um, harness and all those things that we see in the movies and helmets and, you know, all those things. So it was, it was tough. It was difficult, right? But that, that was exactly the will of God for him. So the fact that something is difficult doesn't mean so the first thing is learning style. The second thing is the fact that something is hard doesn't mean it's not God. So you might need to get assistance, more assistance, more tutorials, one-to-one um, -one with your lecturers if you can. Um, I don't know if people do deferring semesters in Nigerian schools. If you feel you need more time, fine. If you think you want to change to another course, you need to ask yourself very critical questions. Why do I want to change to another course? Is it just because this one is tough? Or do I feel like I'm more called to this one or I'm more passionate about this? Or mm -hmm. have I done an internship before in another area of, um, of specialization and I enjoyed the internship and I understood what they were doing? You know, you might even want to start an internship now in other fields of business whatever things else you think you like and see how it goes. I mean, now that um, schools are on lockdown, you can go into other fields and I ask questions, work for one week in one place, work for two weeks in another place and just feel to make an informed decision, right? Um, I think those are the two, three things I, I help. And then, of course, pray about it. Uh, pray about it. If God or your parents are saying, you know what, we we'll finish this medicine, just trust it somehow one way or the other. I come out in flying colors. I won't even lie to you. I said that I was failing before, but God lifted me from the backside to the front side. I wish I could. But no, if you take tutu, and that tutu where he's let my tutu, right? But I was very confident of who I was, not in my certificate, but who I was. Very, very confident. As all the things I'm doing today have nothing. In fact, I've not set my eyes since I collected it. I've not set my eyes on my cumulative GP, whatever, whatever. When I was doing clearance, when I said that was the last time I set my eyes on it. Apart from when I was, I'm looking for documents to travel abroad, that's when I go to my doctor. But it's not in my consciousness at all. So you might also need to build your confidence and certainty of who God has called you to beyond academics, right? That will also boost your confidence in yourself. So a summary of what Elsie said. Okay. The fact that something is tough does not mean that that's not the way of God. Mm -hmm. And we could see Jesus. Jesus went through mm -hmm. through hard times too. I mean, he did a lot and then and that was God's way for his life. So if you would need to go extra mile, work hard to be a better person, 
And then every cause is tough in their own way. Yeah, true. So it might not be medicine, even psychology is tough. Every cause is tough. So if you change, those parameters, you'll be able to cope there too. Well, yeah, of course. So you need to also pray. Pray to know what God's plan is for your life. So thank you so much, Ma. We are done with the questions. Thank you. Thank you for being a good host. <laughs> thank you, Ma. I know Titi will have a question. Oh, sorry. Timira. <laughs> she would always have a question. Okay. Okay. Does anyone have a question? Questions, oh. Timira. PS Pizza. Okay. You are echoing. Yes. Well, someone else is with the phone around you. Yes. Okay. Okay. I think there is no question. Ma, do you have something to encourage okay. us with? Question here from. Okay, you know what? I'll answer your question, but let me quickly share with you. I have a book. I have a book called Zero to Ten. Yeah, okay. I've read it. Yeah, it's I know yes. you has the book. Yeah, it's called Zero to Ten. Ten reasons you might be wrong about Mr. Right. So I talk about ten avoidable mistakes that ladies make time and time and time again. Of course, the other mistakes, but these ones I find are very recurring. These ones I find I've been through myself and a lot of ladies come to me about, right? And so you might feel a guy might be Mr. Right, but he's actually Mr. Wrong. That's why I wrote it as 10 reasons you might be right, wrong about Mr. Right in quote. So that will answer a lot of relationship questions, a lot of relationship questions. You can send me a DM to get a hard copy. Um, it's 2,500 or you can just download this on Okada Books for 1,500. That way you don't have to pay for delivery or anything and it's cheaper than... Um, the physical copy. Okay, so your question is, what do you think about people who get into relationships with a mindset of helping their partner grow? I don't think that is a good way to get... When you say, wait, when you say help their partner grow, in what way? Let me add by there. Discipleship. <laughs> you want to be discipled. Yeah, so is it discipleship? Is it financially? Is it for them to understand their purpose? I mean, someone who has attained a level of understanding, getting to settle down with someone who just got saved and doesn't know, oh, okay, ah, yeah, dangerous. Yeah, so I don't really advise that. I think what a person, sorry, what a person means when they just get saved is a lot of disciples. And you cannot do that mixed environments of romance and feelings and emotions and dates and that. The person needs to focus and become grounded. And you don't need to get into a relationship to decide person they can be the person's friend you can be the person's mentor right and do that whereas the person needs to know how to set boundaries and how to grow and depend not just on you but on themselves because of course and the holy spirit in them so um, i don't think that's what they need that's not the first thing that they need even people that are saved when they break up we don't advise them to go straight back into another relationship themselves they need time so less of who is just coming into it the person really needs to be grounded in so many other things that will now be helpful to him or her when they come into a relationship. Yeah. So, Ma, if those two people are in a relationship, we advise them to break up. So, I, I can learn. I would. I would, because 
because especially if, the person, especially if the person just got saved, there are a lot of habits and traits that the person might still be battling with. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Instagram caught me out. Let me bring my guest again. Oh, yeah, it was that. Okay. Sorry, Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So well, um, okay. So uh, you know, the children. I think the children need uh, the attention of their parents. So <laughs> we'll definitely try to, you know, round up now. But I just have two more questions to ask. Two more questions. Um, uh, with regards to interracial marriages, I actually have um, a cousin right now, who is in Canada, and wants to get married to a white lady mm. now it's really causing a very big family issue because they don't want him to get married to someone who doesn't know you know our traditions so um how do you deal with such a family issue i mean it's very it's very deep right now they said they mm. want um, you know someone who has lived in nigeria or who is uh, you know from uh, from the east as well someone who has be who knows you know the things that we go through and someone who can continue with the traditions and then their fear is uh if you get married to this lady now we will we'll rarely see you come around you won't have investment in your country uh your children will not um, you know they will not have um uh, they won't feel um how, how would i put it um they won't be educated in our tradition with, yeah, with our traditions. So, mm -hmm. how do you deal with such a family issue? Because I've been speaking with him for for a few days now, and we are still, you know, discussing possible solutions. But at the end of the day, how do we deal with this issue? Because it's very big right now. Very I big. Can, ordinary, even same cult, same Nigerian, but different tribes. Already problem. That's why it's a small girl in this matter, but let me just say my two cents and let's see. <laughs> you know, mm. it's, it's on two sides. Um, mm. But let's address the younger people now, the couple. The person might even be older than me for all I know, but sometimes, for us as young people, sometimes we too mm -hmm. used to, I don't know whether it's bare or just want to do what we want to do. And I'm not saying don't um, have your own choices or your own preferences or your own convictions. But you also need to be aware of where you are coming from. Now, mm. when I say, now mean, okay, you must marry, your, um, marry the person they are saying, 
but be conscious and aware and alert of okay what what what's your family like what are their intentions how's the marriage been going in your family generally because really and truly it can be a bit weird or awkward or strange for you suddenly everybody has been doing tradition tradition you now say you want to marry white woman or white man which in itself is not necessarily bad but there's a way you need to prepare your family for such mm. you need to prime them early on from the relationship when you see that um, oh we are just friends so, and then when it's getting serious begin to have these conversations in bits and pieces mommy what if daddy i'm thinking of <laughs> Ah, Daddy, what do you think the Word of God thinks about this? You know, start having, chipping those things in. Instead of Dropping sp- hints. Yes. <laughs> instead of springing it on them, have open conversations with them. How did Jesus feel about people from different tribes and nations? What do you think mm. about that? And then you start making it more direct over time. So on the part of young people, not even just your own cousin now, generally speaking to young people, when you're mm-hmm. in a setting like that at home, you need to ensure that you don't just spring it on them. Number two is, if you're really sure that this person is who you want to get married to, um, staying true to your roots is a good thing. Is a good thing. So this person you are going to be married to should also be willing to some extent to be able to accommodate your traditions. Yes, you are going to be married. You're now one with the person, but doesn't mean you should throw your family away. So is this person opening to traveling home, you know, every other year or once a year or something? Can the person learn a few words in your language? Is the person ready to, you know, wear native attire as well? And so that you you just don't become alienated from your own family. Because like the Bible says, God has put all of us in families and he's put us in families for a reason. The role of your husband or your wife is not to take you away from your family. It is not. one yes i know that there are boundaries yes i know that um you know you have your own culture now but do not take your spouse away from their family if not for the family you wouldn't even have the spouse in the first place mm-hmm. so the least you can do is to be grateful by showing up at some family events speaking language eating starch and banga and all of that. you know <laughs> kind of things are also important on the part of the parents we need to find out what are you really afraid of mm-hmm. it's generally out of love and out of concern maybe we just need to direct the love and concern a bit what are you really afraid of is it that this person is a cultist is he going to shrine is he doing rituals it's really not that so if this person is actually a believer can you still hear us george yes yes sure this person is actually a believer we know that in the spirit there is no male or female jew or greek yoruba or Igbo, all of that so if we see people Mm -hmm. first as um sons and daughters of god then it's easier to navigate um all right mm. and one of the things i learned from my husband's family is that if there is any debate like this getting someone who is older respected um in the family that believes in this kind of marriage to talk to the elders in the family that ah mommies and daddies this thing can actually work with someone that they respect or they, they believe in either a pastor mm. someone can help to you know um, speak for your cousin. I think those these ah, few. I, I think he tried. Um, there's one of my uncles is very very open. You know, very very open man. Uh, I think when he spoke with uh, my auntie, that's my cousin's mom. Um, uh, as of now, what I'm hearing is she's not picking his call again <laughs> because she feels uh, he's supporting the guy. In fact, my dad even called me and said, see, you can date, if you want to date, date 10 white people at once. It's none of my business. 
but when it comes to marriage don't bring anyone to the house <laughs> so I, they are so they are so bent on the fact that the person must at least be a nigerian hmm. so i mean it's um they are not the ones going to live in the home with this husband and wife who... that's the thing hi god that's love thing, so I, a lot it's... of and prayer prayer, prayer. <laughs> the bible says that the heart, the heart of men heart of, the heart of the hands of god and he turns them mm. in any so yeah, I, that's I, true. I hope your cousin is prayerful and born again ah no no mm. that one that one said him and church they are like this uh, so, uh, so his face is is, is I don't know who we stand for him now, but I wish you people depend. I mean, I don't even get strength, sir. I'm, stand, I'm still standing for myself. <laughs> my stand okay. All right. So, George, I mean, we should talk in the DM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would definitely talk in the DM, but I'll definitely introduce you to somebody uh, yeah. in, in about a few minutes. No, now, yeah. just to introduce, just introduction, you know. Okay, some, no some, something like that something like that <laughs> all right but uh okay uh, another thing is this please how do we deal with infidelity it's a big issue now very big it's a i think i think it's one of the biggest issue right now infidelity mm -hmm. in relationships and in marriages how do one deal with uh a man who is cheating um, i mean i've read a lot of stories of women who say that their husbands are even so confident in telling them that they have girlfriends outside. So, in fact, I, I read one woman's story, uh, and she said, um, I think she was unhappy with some things, and, and she denied him sex. And the man told, uh, told her, uh, well, if you can't give me, I'll just go outside and get it. And he left the house. Hmm. So, this thing is very big. So, how do you deal with these issues? It's very sad, very, very, very sad. And in fact, part of why I'm saying that is, so over the last few days, I've started looking at this rape, the, mm -hmm. the rape thing going on now, rape awareness. Yes. So I'm trying to study and see some things. Last night, or earlier this morning, I was on a BBC article. And that BBC article said that a lot of women, I can't remember the person, it's like one in four women have been sexually abused. Mm -hmm. But a lot wow. of and don't even interpret rape as rape. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. because I'm coming somewhere. I know your question. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, definitely this issue of rape. It is it, the last thing I have on my on my on my book. I just wrote it down. Now we need to talk it, about it also. That mm. because the picture of rape is one aggressive person has come. Sometimes that's a gun or a knife or something. Mm. And so when they tick the boxes in their minds, usually an uncle or pastor or doctor mm -hmm. or family member or neighbor mm -hmm. the person never fits a profile of a rapist in their minds mm. so, as it doesn't fit that definition of a rapist don't they don't rape. call it rape right there's that one then there's the other one of the color terms the cognitive dissonance where um there's cognitive dissociation yeah that first one is cognitive dis dissonance dissociation mm -hmm. which this guy is about to rape the woman and she's not fighting back. Mm. In counseling people, I've actually had people tell me that that was what happened. And they're like, it's not rape. But it's rape because what happens is the subconscious mind 
automatically shuts down so that it can survive mm -hmm. the that process. Yeah. So it's almost as if because I don't fight back, I'm not in it. My mind has temporarily left it. It's a transaction with my body. It's less painful because I don't have to. Are you following what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So because of that, there are many women who have been abused, but they don't still see it as. Mm. And then there's a final one of denial, which is they know it happened, but yeah. Know. So there was something I wrote a while ago where a woman in her forties, but many people reached out to me really. But there was a particular woman in her forties that said to me, when I read the article, I was like, "Oh, okay, so I've been sexually abused, and I didn't mm. just think about it." <laughs> wow. But the reason I'm saying all of that is that this cheating and fidelity matter is so rampant. And the same things that happen with rape happens to women. So the mm. women that, that their husbands are cheating, not like they think, they know. But they will never bring up the conversation. Yes, mm. true. Never. Because mm. to them, as long as... Sure, sure, don't come and do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. In fact, some even justify the act. They'll tell you all men cheat. Just manage the one you have. This I'm, I'm trying to get to. So the first thing is we can't effectively deal with it from an NGO. We will not go green. We will not go green. Whatever. <laughs> even the whole rape thing, and there's something I've been telling my wife for a long time. The whole rape thing was sexual purity generally. And this, now that I'm even thinking about the whole rape thing, I stumbled on a video about Kenya. They're doing, they're teaching people, boys and girls, educating them about the whole rape thing and then self-defense, but also how men can stand up for girls mm -hmm. of course. when they see them mm. being raped. They said in that particular piece in Kenya, the cases are reduced by like 40% within a short time. So, but the major thing I want to say is that this fidelity or infidelity thing, it starts from the heart. Mm -hmm. Why? I was counseling somebody some days ago and I said to him that when you're dealing with sexual issues, don't see it as a personal problem because a lot of people think mm. that I have a problem. No. Your flesh mm. has a problem. Mm. Mm -hmm. Are you that now? Mm -hmm. The dynamics are different because if you're saying I have a problem, then you now feel like I don't have the power over it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You see the way the Bible teaches about Put off the old man. Put off yeah. the flesh. Subdue the flesh. He's trying to tell you that you are not the raging yeah. passions of your body. Which yes. means the holiest person in this world is going to be tempted to have an unclean thought. It may not be sexual. But most people when they're in their teens, 20s, and 30s is sexual. But that's the least. If that's sexual one, eh, it's mm. the least. Let me say, why is the least of it? Because when you're 40, 50, you're starting with envy, jealousy, regret, pride. bitterness, pride, arrogance. So to deal with fidelity, number one is the heart must be subjected to, the, to God, to the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. Mm. Mm. The heart of the matter is, I mean, the matter of the heart is the heart of the matter. So the heart itself must be subjected to the Holy Spirit. Once that is done, the tolerance for that thing is so low right which means that you can literally begin to pick up foul spirits in places without anybody telling you because mm. the prince of this world is coming jesus said the prince of the world is coming oh. I... true 
That's why the Bible says they said to him, this man has a demon. Why? Because a prostitute woman was around him and he didn't repel the person. So they said, this guy was okay. He must have a demon. And Jesus didn't say, oh, devil can never catch me. He said, the prince of the, this world is coming. But yeah. he has nothing in me, which means I've dealt with this thing personally. Mm. Okay? Paul said to Timothy, flee youthful lust. Timothy was a bishop, was a big boy. We were saying to him, flee mm -hmm. youthful That's not going to So that one is, each person should take care of his own stuff. Now, God forbid, but if my wife ever has an issue with infidelity, God forbid, she's never going to do it. Mm, God forbid. Hey, yeah, I can just, uh, no, 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 I can just imagine. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, <go on. laughs> the first part of call for me is not going to be that she did it. The first part of call for me is going to be that what gaps did I allow grow so wide in the spirit? In the, because there are bonds that keep you together. The mm. first level is a spiritual tie because what makes you married is that what God has joined together. So the first level of joining is a spiritual joining. God joins people together. Mm -hmm. I believe I'm joined to her. There are not too many people, but there are some people in my life that I believe I'm joined to. Maybe for ministry, for destiny. Some of those mm -hmm. joints might be rocked or, mm -hmm. might, be or might not be as uh, on point. But I feel like I didn't just walk into this person's life. Mm. This is not like they say, Who do you want to be your mentor? Who do you want to be your best friend? Who do you they now think, ah, on, on. there's some ways in which God can this your life's journey. Yeah. Again, the joining can expire. Uh, so there's no way you feel like, like <laughs> marriage, not marriage, but I'm saying other things. Other relationships. Mm. So first for my wife to cheat, I've left I've left a gap in the spirit. Maybe I'm not covering out with prayers. Maybe I'm not picking up signals in the spirit. Maybe I'm not. Um, maybe I took things for granted. Number two is the emotional aspect of it. Mm. Because there's an emotional tie where if somebody's going through stuff, you can pick it up. Yes. You know, if you're really close to people, but ah, what's up? There's something. Are you fine? Are you okay? You know. Um, mm. So for me, one of the reasons which I do it to my wife is, what are you thinking of? What's in your mind? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> like that, for the love of God, what's that? <laughs> like soul check, and it's not every time I'm asking that I've sensed something. Sometimes I've sensed something. Sometimes I've not. It's just a routine check. It's like you don't have to. Uh, what's the word? Fall ill before you have. Fall ill before you do medical check. Yeah, and number three is physically as well. That means that have I become so deplorable and detestable, or? Mm. Have I just allowed that space? Because as a gardener, I need to be around her. You can't garden a distance via Zoom. Sorry. <laughs> you can't garden, you a, can't you garden. Can't garden via Zoom. Yeah. You have to be present. present. Yeah. So for me, I'll be angry, disappointed, upset, whatever, but I'll look at those three things, you know, um, mm. first. And then we have to now look at reconciliation. But for me, it's not... Fidelity is not a reason why I, especially if it's a one-time thing, at least in this, with understanding I have now, maybe years mm -hmm. ago, I just carry a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> because I understand that whatever, whatever the enemy does, that that's not the end of what he's trying to do. Mm, so you don't give him room. Do you understand? Mm. 
fidelity is fidelity in the marriage. That's not the end of what the devil is trying to do. He's trying to destroy the marriage. So all the purposes of God connected to that. Boom. The children. Mm -hmm. Yes, the children. I'd rather swallow it in, except it's just, it's you know, <laughs> well, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, um, now that you've mentioned it, something came to my mind when you mentioned the physical, um, let's just, I just wanted to hint on this before we still bring it back to, to the, to, to the closing one, which is on the rape issue regarding the recent rape that has been, I, in fact, I, I read one yesterday. Another person, another girl was raped in the church. Uh -huh. and yeah, I read one yesterday again. Another girl recently was raped in the church. I think it's still in the same city, either in the door or so, but was raped. And after that, she was killed and she was killed by marketing. So I don't really know. I, I, didn't, re I didn't read in depth, but so I, I, I would like to conclude the whole session with that issue of rape you know so uh but before that let's briefly talk on this issue of you know of sex people like to avoid that i don't know if it's a crime i don't know if it's an abomination but people rarely talk about sex now a lot of people have talked about the need to be sexually compatible with your partner you know some people have said some people have um high libido some half low high cannot marry low because I, in fact i read one very funny funny story the man divorced the the wife Okay, it's the woman that divorced the man because she said the man was always asking for sex and she can't continue like that. That the man would prefer to have sex than to eat. So, it, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it was that bad. So, uh, on this issue of sex, what, what, what would you have to say? Okay, um, let me start. But I want to say, I know this is not the time or place to talk about it. I just want to say something. So, my husband has mentioned those three things that he will check himself as a good and responsible man, that have I left gaps. So he's not necessarily saying it's his fault that I cheated. Though. No. Mm -hmm. That's what Some people, you might do all things right, yeah. and the spouse will still cheat. So sure. don't get into a safe place yeah, of, yeah. I was the one that allowed it, sure. it's my fault. That is wrong thinking. Um, a a, some, a rape, rape happens because of the rapist. Yeah. Yes. yes. It happens so because of the cheater. A cheating happens because of the cheater. <laughs> Mm. You, I just wanted to say that. Mm -hmm. Now, this, um, I'm learning. I'm learning about it more and more. Hi, Pastor Jimmy Tewe. I'm learning. Hey, I'm learning. Good afternoon, sir. Evening. I'm learning more and more about it myself. And the truth is, I know this is a table. My husband is a pastor here, but <laughs> shaking. I'm shaking our table. Mm. I about because i've grown up in church for a long time myself and going through premarital counseling funny enough my premarital counseling i did two one of them was quite good and graphic but i don't feel like we in terms generally and also on the topic of sex but i don't feel like in church at least even at the level of premarital counseling that we talk about sex and all the um angles of it so mm -hmm. most times Young ladies, let me speak for us. We come into marriage and we have faulty or low things about sex. There's the part of sex is dirty. I told all my life that um, don't touch, don't allow a man touch you, don't allow a man touch you, don't allow a man touch you. So it's going to be very difficult. This is something I've heard in my head over and over again. And though I know I have sexual urges, 
though I know I'm attracted to this man, the reality is that when it comes to the do, your body is not going to be so fluid for some people because of some subconscious conditioning. There's the angle of they're not even taught what to expect. The only thing they tell you is that if you are a virgin, blood will show on your bed. I was a virgin and there was no blood on my bed. Imagine my shock that day. I'm like, Jesus Christ, my husband would think I've been sleeping with people. <laughs> different things about sex. Even right now, I'm learning that love languages and sex language languages are not the same thing. I always used yes. to think love language, then hey, I'll get into bed. But I realized that my husband can speak my love language from today to next year. And I might not still want to have sex. Until I, started learning, until I started learning my sex, my sexual personality. You know, so there are different things I think we need to learn about sex. Hmm. And relationship, building into courtship and marriage. Learn about it before uh, your mind can actually be prepared, be prepared for it. So there's the angle of self-sexual awareness. Of course, we do not believe in testing to know if you are compatible. No. But I believe you can be personally, sexually aware about yourself. And then mm-hmm. your should be, or I don't want to say partner, but the person you're in a relationship with should also be sexually aware about yourself. I know mm. you're coming closer to marriage, you can start talking about these things, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want sex? Um, you don't have to go too graphic, so you don't take yourself unnecessarily. But um, how important is sex to you on a scale of one to ten? Um, what kind of sexual personality do you have now that you know that there are different types of personalities? If I'm this kind of personality and you're that type of personality, how are we going to bridge the gap? Have discussion about it as opposed to having the actual sex. Because if you not have the actual sex, now first of all, you've disobeyed God. Second of all, it can be a temptation to keep having sex. Then you might not now get married. Then especially for him to now be broken and upset that he slept with you and you didn't okay. marry <laughs> All those kind mm-hmm. of things. So, uh, but sex in marriage extremely 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 important it's part of the bond it's part of the fun um god put it there internally and it's enjoyable so yeah yeah so very very brilliant points let me just mention a few things as well the truth about the heart the heart of this thing called marriage in fact life is self-denial mm. yeah and let me tell you what I mean by self-denial in relation to sex. You can know your sex personalities. You can know everything you can, and you should, really, you know. You can know how to get an erection in 0.01 seconds. You can know how to erect things to the erection. You can, <laughs> you can know all of that, okay? Yeah. But what happens if, God forbid, your wife has, is terminally ill? Mm-hmm. Mm. God, 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 God forbid. You like women with big boobs, right? Or Shana has cancer. And that was the criterion, the deal mm. maker for you. What mm. happens if that is. That is they have to cut know, it off. And they have to cut it off. What happens there? So I think that we should look at it from even the whole sex thing when I'm learning. I should be learning not just about how to make myself feel good, mm-hmm. but I want to serve my spouse the best way I can. Mm. It should not be, I think that many times people ask that question from a personal thing. Ah, I hope the man, I hope say the man know how to do and well, make it choke me well, make it choke me well. 
you know. <laughs> Sorry, She's heading up this. Graphic, right? Mm. Um, you get what I'm saying? So yeah. many times, it's very me-centered. And the challenge with me-centered sexuality is that it opens the doors to very, very, very many things, okay? Mm. So it needs to also be outward, essentially, it needs to be outward-centered. Which means that, like my wife's saying, knowing what she likes, how she likes it. And this is the reason it has to be a journey. Mm -hmm. I have to learn my wife. Mm -hmm. and I can watch stuff online. I can read books. Mm -hmm. I can enroll in courses. But there is nobody's body that is my wife's body. Mm -hmm. True. You understand? So mm -hmm. for people that even say, okay, let's watch some erotic stuff together and get some clues and some all of that. I'm not even talking about porno. I'm talking about educational, instructional manual. <laughs> instructional yeah. can become instructional. Mm. Because the demonstrator in that place, I don't want to be the distance <laughs> between Essence Lower Region and the Northern Region. You know. Mm -hmm. Three kilometers. Your wife's phone is three kilometers. So certain moves that they can make. If you make it with your wife, you break a spinal cord. <laughs> <laughs> so the point is, self-denial, then a journey. Which means that in a, in a uh, relationship, like my wife said, ask questions. But I'm going to give women a tip, for women especially. Mm. When you are close to getting serious, try your best to ascertain whether he can... You know... Whether mm. I can stand. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very that's frustration. The person needs to be able to stand. You can't check whether the seed is potent or not. But you need to be able to... And how do you do it? One or two tight hugs. Everyone... <laughs> it's important. That's <laughs> first of all, Pastor. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Mm -hmm. yeah. So just try... Um, hug the person well. The person might feel like, how are you hugging me so tight? Nah. No, I'm just, not all the time, but you need it's important. Because at least in mm. believers say don't talk and all of that. But it can be fun of the groups. Mm. <laughs> so Instagram has <laughs> Interesting. Ah! Uh, Instagram. Hello, I think the network. Wait, okay. You know what? I'll 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 bring I'll bring you on again. Let me. I think it's the network. Let's see. Ah, you're laughing. Ms. Faith. I don't know if that's a pronunciation. See, everybody's laughing. Now that they're talking about sex, everybody's just laughing, laughing, laughing. People should keep laughing, you know. Eh? Don't worry. Laugh. Laugh very well. <laughs> there they, they just seems to be something with this sex that, we, that me, I don't even understand as well. Hold on. Uh, I think my guest is having a network issues. They will soon be here. I think sex is something we should we should actually talk about. Uh, we we've ignored the the issue for a very long time, and today we are seeing the the consequences. 
you know, a lot of people are entering marriages with the wrong mindsets. Um, a lot of people are entering marriages with uh, ambiguous expectations. You want to be flinged up and down like you're flinging singlet. Meanwhile, you marry someone that can't even lift uh, two bottles of water without, you know, doing... <clears throat> You know, so uh, it's something we should talk about, uh, and I'm glad this came up. Uh, we're still trying to connect. My guest is connecting. I think. All right. So we are here. Yeah. Someone said, "I I think we should normalize uh, sex talk." You know, because in the African setting, when you mention sex, you know, it's like <sighs> you you know you are saying something abominable. You know, mm-hmm. in fact, uh, there's this very very awkward feeling in a room if yeah. you are watching a movie with your parents and the sex scene comes sex on scene everybody's comes just up. you know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh you know like i was saying before you guys joined it's something very important we need to talk about a lot of people go into marriages with very very ambiguous expectations they want yeah. to be flinged they want to be flinged in the kitchen they want to be flinged on the ceiling fan there's a place for that to judge. Uh, okay, anyway, anyway, and we'll just let it be. It doesn't happen all the time, of course. It's not like movies. Like every time you have sex, that will happen. But there's mm. a place and time for that, and that can be interesting too. But if you think that's how sex is all the time, then, yeah. yeah. Mm, I see. Uh, anyway, we'll see. God will help us too. <laughs> so, lastly, <laughs> so, lastly, um, so, uh, Pastor, please, uh, and Mrs., Please, please, please. I would like you because I'm. Uh, what I'm trying to do this. Um, you're very. You get the your your. This thing is blurred somehow. Can't see you clearly. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I think it's just the network. Mm. Let me try to clean my camera as well. Okay. So, um, guys, I hope people are learning. I hope uh, you've learned something because we are coming to the end of the session. Um, so um, <laughs> the test for erection got <laughs> last decade. People don't want to go. This one doesn't want to go. He, he wants the test for erection. And the to our children are <laughs> okay. So lastly, please, um, like what I'm trying to do, uh, what I've been doing for the past days, any, any guests of mine that I have, whether we are talking on issues relating to this or not, I always try to trade, uh, you know, as the last question. Um, I, I would like um, you people to lend your voice to this issue of rape. You know, I think, um, like someone said, it's not that it's happening more now. It's just that we are reporting more of it now, you know. So I would like you to lend your voice to this issue of rape. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and that's just it to, you know, to close the session. Most married men don't care about if their wife is satisfied sex-wise. Mm. Once they ejaculate, yeah. they start snoring. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this one yeah, has a that's, problem. That's common, <laughs> but that's very wrong and unfair. But it's common. Yeah. Mm. Okay, on the issue of rape, I know I did a post, and I'm thinking about having conversations with my friends, thinking about my past life. We all realized that we had almost been raped or sexually harassed at one point or the other. Mm-hmm. And there is a certain type of fear or confusion that comes with that and i'm i'm thinking to myself that if just the almost rape or the possibility of rape 
could mm. cause fear, dysfunction, yeah. um, confusion, paranoia of some sort, you know, causing one to look over their shoulders. How mm. much more when it's actually happened to somebody? Mm. So it's, it's very painful, it's very hurtful, and especially in a culture and a setting or a society where there's mm -hmm. shame in the whole thing, so you cannot report. And yeah, that's true. But the chances of finding out um, the culprits are very low. So it's very discouraging and it's very painful. You know, so I'm wondering how many times are, we going, are you going to tell parents we are working on it? How many times will you tell parents uh, we are drawing up a committee? So right now, I'm just praying. I thank God for, like you said, the many voices coming out now on social media and different ways to put um, our law enforcement, I don't want to stay under pressure, but hold them accountable and say, you know what, enough is enough. Um, we need to feel safe in our own country. We need to feel safe because we know we have the law enforcement agency around us. Um, mm -hmm. Apart from our own place of prayer and being careful, because we ourselves also need to be careful, men and women alike. Yeah. Um, but I'm really just praying for wisdom for our law enforcement, but more so a bit angry, actually, and they really need to um, be held accountable. But it's, yeah. it's a really sad and painful time. But we all need to speak, men and women. And like we say, um, men hear things and learn things better from other men. So this is a time more so for men to speak up and um, stop this rape culture. Yeah, so we're speaking up. There's something I'm working on, but I can't say it. Well, not like I can't say it. I don't want to say it right now, but there's something I'm working on that I believe can also be a trigger or an instigator or an additional voice in the pool. Um, that should be released this week. Yeah, if not tomorrow. But let me just watch out. Let me see how it goes. <laughs> But it's very important for people that are considered influential. It's almost like the whole racism thing. Now, one of the big things they're saying in America now is that it's not enough not to be a racist. You have to be an anti-racist, mm -hmm. you know. So it's not enough not to be a rapist. You have to be an anti-rapist. Mm -hmm. You can't just go, you, you can't just say, at least I never did it, so I'm not mm -hmm. doing it. Mm -hmm. Or no, mm -hmm. you have to speak against, especially men. You know, because mm -hmm. one thing for women to speak against it. I mean, I've been counseling people for years, so I've had, I've counseled people who's had rape, what uh, I was going to say, rape incidents. Different, but I didn't know how deep it was. One, mm -hmm. I didn't know how what was the word how damaging. Yeah, I think that's another mm -hmm. word it's because apparently it's so so damaging, and I think that many men don't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many men don't know. It's not as if they, and I'm not saying that's why they should keep doing it. I'm just explaining, like you, it's like when I tell my son, um, don't throw that mug on the floor. In his mind, it's like, okay, daddy said I shouldn't throw it. But he doesn't know that throwing the mug on the floor does not mean you're just breaking a mug. It's like you're taking yeah. part of my sweat on the floor, one. Mm -hmm. Number two, you're likely to cut yourself. Mm -hmm. Doesn't know that, mm -hmm. that if he cuts himself, you've disrupted not just the day. There has to be hospital, hospital visits, spending time, passion, emotion, energy. So when you don't know the degree of uh, uh, impact. impact, you know, you don't you, you take things for granted. So a guy, mm -hmm. see the thing is, a guy can have sex with a girl. There are guys who've had sex with girls, and they will see those girls and nerve them. <laughs> 
Now, for any woman to get points, that means she's a real, real, real whore, <laughs> a prostitute. Most women mm. can remember the names, the, the places, time. and the times they had the, sex. The best mark of the guy's private parts, everything. Just said now, <laughs> a man can have sex with wife. Now, now, now. As in, the moment all the hormones wear out and is done, yeah, uh, he moves on. Women are not like that. that has not happened mm. and maintaining mm. energy around that individual for years you know so how much more when you take something by force it's, it's very painful. yeah that's true very... mm. who have raped people before will now begin to understand what they did because mm. they didn't know yeah. If she didn't want to sleep, why come to my house? You know. That's true. But yeah, not sure. Yeah, great. I mean, so before you go, I I received one question here. The person said, "What happens to a woman whom her mother-in-law supports her son's marriage financially?" And yeah. tries to control the marriage, leaving the woman to feel bitter and dumb. Okay, um, actually, no. This I, this is a big girl. I know her, so maybe we can discuss. In um, I know she probably knows the answer to this. She just wants almost two hours now. So she, 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 she wants to keep us on morning. this live session. <laughs> yeah, I know my children are actually um, upstairs alone, so um, mm. we'll need to go. Um, but um, it's something that I'm discussing in DM. Like I said, I'm sure she knows the answer because she's a relationship coach. Don't worry, I see why you're showing me. I see. Hi. Hello. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming. Yeah. Thank you for having us. I know she just wanted us to learn. But yeah, we can discuss mm. maybe exchange um, posts or stories in our Instagram about it to enlighten others and also learn ourselves. Yeah, true. Yeah. Oh well, today has been very enlightening. We've we've talking about so much, and uh, thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you God so much, you. Mrs. for joining us. I mean, it's been a thank great you one. Too. Thank you, and well done on all the lives you've been having back to back. With very Man. So thank you, and well done. God bless. Amen. Thank God. All right. So um, let's allow you guys to go and handle the children before they, you know put the TV on the ground and carry the chair and put where the TV is to be. I mean, mm. I've already seen right in the floor. Alright. Okay, have a lovely week. Bye. Bye. So guys, that's that for today. Uh, I know a lot of you ha uh, had a couple of questions coming in, but because of time, we've spent close to two hours already. I'm tired, I'm hungry. <sighs> it's not easy. All right, so I hope we've learned something, okay? Uh, relationship issues should be talked about. Uh, I'm tired of seeing divorces. I'm tired of seeing uh, abuses. I'm tired of seeing all those things, all right? We need to talk about this. We need to know the causes. We need to know how to deal with one. We need to know, you know, we, we need to have the right perceptions uh, and the right perspective before entering a relationship. It's very important, all right? So um, thank you so much for joining me today. If you're not following my handle, kindly follow me. I have something big coming up. 
So follow me so you get updated with what I have coming. All right. So thank you. And I wish you guys um, a lovely week. Precious, thanks for joining. Um, Faith, thanks for joining. Sparkle hairs, thanks. You were so, so um, excited when we mentioned sex. I'm watching you. Uh, Miss Faith or something. Favor, I don't know. Thanks for joining. Uh, Mrs. Abigail, my personal person. Thank you. Thank you so much for today. You're always on our live. Thank you so much. All right, guys. So have a lovely week and ensure that you stay safe. Okay? Bye.